Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Madness Continues podcast. This is your host, Brendan Lemon. Every episode, I say that. And every episode, I also <laughs> stop and I go, why am I saying this? <laughs> no, you came here from Cora, or you came here from Facebook, or you came here from uh, t- like Twitter, or I messaged you directly. You know who I am. Like, I'm not... <laughs> The only audience I'm capturing on this podcast are other people who kind of like already know me from somewhere else. So anyway, welcome. <laughs> so here's the thing. Every week, uh, every uh, every once in a while, I have guests on the podcast who I are doing something interesting or I'm or we have a mean, you know, meaningful discussion based on something that I've talked about before. And mostly those guests are people who are trying to figure out something to do with their lives or try to how to make meaning out of their lives. And ostensibly the point of this podcast, I should say, by the way, to my guest today, uh, is that to try and sort of make some some kind of sense out of a very uh, incomprehensible and increasingly incoherent world. <laughs> and whatever way you can make meaning out of it in your own life is, uh, is really kind of what I want to talk about. And today's guest is a comedian who's a good friend of mine from Chicago, uh, Brendan Gay. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Brendan. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to the podcast, man. This is uh this is the Brendan being Brendan podcast today. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> so Brendan has his own podcast called Brendan Being Brendan. Uh it's spelt with an A. Yeah, B R E N D A N. And uh Brendan's been on it too. So it's Brendan being Brendan in the I think you've been on it twice. I've been on it twice. Twice, so those are the true episodes. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan, have you been on? Yeah, we've we, always had good ones, which is cool. But. We used to joke. There's a third comedian named Brendan in the Chicago scene named Brendan Murphy, and we used to joke that he we needed to have all three of us yeah. on the podcast, and we'd have an episode called Brendan and Brendan and Brendan being Brendans. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so here's why Brendan's on the podcast today. Brendan just got back, and by just I mean days ago. Yeah, yeah, probably like. Five days ago, from a from ago. touring the entire country, the entire United States, uh, fifty two weeks on the road, doing comedy shows all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you started. Where did you start, and where did you end up? Yeah, this is a good good start to a question because usually people are just like, "Tell me about it," you know, and then I have to tell them about the entire year. You know, <laughs> it's not so. I started in Miami. So I started January 1, and my goal was to finish January 1 of next year as well. So um, started in Miami. I drove down. It like took me two and a half days. I think I left on like the 28th or 29th. Yeah, and I saw you the day before you left. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. And uh, by the way, everybody listening, we just lit some candles in here. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Very, turn the... Turn the lights down in this closet. Yeah, it's like, where's the Marvin Gaye? We need Luther <laughs> Vandross is next. We are taking our clothes off. We like to happening. listen. We like to make love to Aaron Neville here in this household. <laughs> I know he's white. I've never heard that name. I'll tell you that. He's not white. Go look it up, man. He's not? No. Oh, man. Where'd he grow up? Yeah, uh, I don't. That's a good. He's one of the Neville brothers. I don't know where they're from. Does I feel like, I like country, feel like they're though. from Tennessee. Yeah, but they're. <laughs> They're, uh, I don't know where they're from, but he has a wonderful voice, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> the man is a – just look him up. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> okay. you, you wouldn't believe if – det- if I told him who – if I told you who he is accurately, yeah. you wouldn't even believe me. You'd be <laughs> like, this guy – there's no way this guy exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Neville brothers. Yeah, okay, so I saw you the day before you left. We went and grabbed drinks. Yep. And b- – but before – Walk. Let's back up even more. Okay. What led to you making the decision to want to go do this? Because this is uh this was a big 
it was a big deal. Like yeah. you were on the road the whole time. You couch surfed the, most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you stayed with some people, some friends. You made some friends and stayed with them. But uh, why? Why did you want to? You know, and this happened by the way. I should let everybody know on uh, listening. Brendan's only been doing stand up for a, a couple of years. Yeah, I just passed my, or tomorrow is my two year one month anniversary. So a year into you doing comedy. You were like, I'm going to go on the road in the United States and go to 52, uh, 52 weeks, um, 52 at least different areas, and really just hit it. Yeah. Uh, and keep a day job the whole time, I should say, also. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Like, <laughs> after all this, and then I forget that, too. Sometimes it's like I had to work a nine-to-five as well. Yeah. Um, so take us back, because you... Yeah. The first leg of this journey, when I think about you choosing to do this, comes from when you were in Minnesota doing... Uh, medical device sales. Yep, Minnesota, and then I did another job, medical device sales, in Montana and Wyoming. So, yeah, we'll take it back from there. So I was uh, 22, 22 years old. I was making, you know, six figures. I was in Montana, which is beautiful, lived in Bozeman right next to Big Sky. My territory was Montana and Wyoming, so... Um, you'd think everything I've ever wanted was just money. <laughs> you'd think I would be fine. I'd be happy paying low rent and everything, but I really hated my job. Mm-hmm. I was on the road four out of five days alone um, in a hotel, and my day job wasn't anything like purposeful, mm. you know, nothing with meaning. And uh, during these drives, I used to listen to Pete Holmes, Joe Rogan, Mark Marin, and uh, they would have comedians on all the time, and I, I loved it. I loved what they did, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start writing. I went to a comedy show in Billings, Montana, um, and I just said, okay, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to do comedy, and I, I got a new job. I'm like, got to get the hell out of here. Like, Montana is a good place to visit for like maybe a couple weeks, mm. but it's brutal. Um, so, like, you got through – so you didn't have – the first time you thought about doing comedy, you had already – you were already way into what essentially was a career job. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, career job where – yeah, I would just work, you know, 50 hours a day and like, you know, not get home on like Saturday sometimes. And it was supposed to, I was supposed to be doing this for the rest of my yeah, life. I feel like we should, if we poked at that 50 hours a day, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of work, I feel like it might not hold up, but yeah, yeah, I understand right? what you're saying. I know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably didn't work. Most of it's driving. But like, just... did you do, um, theater, did you do theater in high school or, or college or any of that? No, nothing. Yeah. I honestly, I wasn't even into comedy. Wasn't even in so why? Kind of. What was it about it that connected with you? They were really free. They were really free. Every comedian on there were free. Joe Rogan did a podcast. He can do MMA. He can do comedy. He can do anything he wanted, and he didn't have a boss. And he can. He was always telling the truth. And all the comedians on there, they felt free, even though they weren't like rich or like some of them weren't famous. They were living their lives. They were got to connect with these people and tell what's on their mind and get paid for it. Yeah. And like they were every free. And the moment that I was in at that moment, I kind of felt trapped. I'm this kid. I have this good job. I have everything that I ever wanted and I'm still not happy. I'm still not satisfied. Like, I feel like I have to stay here. I can't leave this job. Everyone wants this job. Mm. This is not, this is what you're supposed to do. So I kind of felt trapped, but I wasn't being myself. I was happy. I was just alone. And I see these comedians. What really started is like, these comedians are so truthful. They get to do whatever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and that's kind of what got it going. Like so you started, so this is interesting because I can see, you know, somebody feeling trapped, somebody feeling like in this position of I'm, and having done sales for my entire career, I know that there's a, 
challenge to your ability to be authentic in it um, because you know you can kind of learn what works and when you start learning what works with other people it's really easy to fall into a kind of model where you're you're almost a puppet you're almost puppeting yourself yeah and I can appreciate how that could feel really scary especially because you're falling into a place where you're a young guy but you're looking at it like I could this is gonna be my neck I'm gonna I'm gonna tomorrow I'm gonna wake up I'm gonna be 33 doing this yeah Exactly. And am I going to have any regrets? Yeah. You know, it's it. I'm glad I did it. A hundred percent. I'm so glad I did it. And I pushed myself to get there. And I'm not supposed to have that job at that. Well, you, age. you wouldn't have been able to move to Chicago without it. Probably. No way. No way. Yeah, you're right. Without it, I wouldn't be able to, because the, the job I'm working right now, you obviously need sales experience and, uh, what I would have done here. Well, and just think about, I think too, and we'll get there in a minute. Um, you, your ability to book shows on the road as you were doing this probably yeah. was influenced heavily by your ability to prospect and you know, create yeah. call sheets and yeah. all of this kind of stuff. So, yeah. and in a lot of ways, and we'll talk about this in a minute too, I think is uh comedy is a lot like sales. Comedy mm -hmm. is a lot like sales. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a lot of crossover between the two. But um, I want to move forward a little bit yeah, because yeah. so you decided to move to Chicago, but I wanted to talk about what was your first. So you started writing, but what was the thing in your head that you were like, I'm going to try this out? You went to the comedy show in Billings. Yeah, yeah. I remember writing my first bit. Um, it was about my roommate, Cliff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's a 50 year old dude. Are you were waiting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were living with a 50-year-old man yeah, in Montana? He, oh, my God. Yeah, and he had a brewery in his basement. He lived in the basement. Um, I don't. He didn't even have a job. I think he was like a trust fund kid. Oh, my God. He was 50. <laughs> and uh, in, a genius. So I was like, uh, and this dude thought he knew everything. Like, he really thought he knew everything. He had an opinion on everything. He yeah. was just like everything he would have an answer for yeah. or his opinion on everything. As, as sometimes people in small towns have the ability Ace. to think that they do. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, this guy is remarkable. Like what is his motivation? Like, yeah. what is he doing right now? So I write, I wrote about that. Yeah. Just wrote about it. Just like, who is this fascinating genius? Who's just living in a basement. Yeah. So this in material, Montana, this material, Montana. uh, how, well, did it go over? Because I've never heard any of it. Yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's horrible, horrible material. It's about as good as I said. Yeah, there, that's the best I ever <laughs> said. It. So funny, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was horrible. It, you know, it's, I, I tried writing it down. I wrote a lot of stuff down. Like you, you write stupid things. Like I remember I wrote this thing about ha going for a job interview, and there was cum in my pants. So <laughs> it's and, like I, a and cum you know, stain yeah, and I made pants. it. Yeah, I come saying, I'm like. <laughs> I was like, and I filled it in with a pen. You know, so it's like, whoops, he didn't notice. Like something, you know, something stupid. Oh like, my god, that's so funny, ridiculous. And it's, you know, did you get the job? <laughs> that's a good question. No, I didn't get the job. I didn't get the job. No, oh funny. man, but yeah, I mean, you got to relieve a lot of tension before you go to do a yeah, yeah, job yeah. interview. <laughs> We're making a bit now, uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I had so many shitty jokes, and that's what I wrote about, and. You know, I took it on stage. I did write one thing that I, I did actually like, and that I I use or I build on is I wrote about my last name because that's something where I've always heard and people yeah. always thought was funny about me, and it's just like having that last name is a goofy, and um, so that kind of stuck when I did it my first time, and then uh, I was like, that was the laugh that got it. 
Yeah. That was the laugh that... That was the first laugh you had on stage. First laugh I had on stage. Which is kind of funny because I don't think I've ever heard you tell a joke about your last name, actually. Yeah, I'll say one tonight if you're going to go tonight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was the... And it worked out well because when people say my name on stage, hey, welcome Brennan Gay, first thing you're thinking of, oh, his last name's Gay. Yeah. You know, so I want to address that right This is so funny because I have never written a joke about my last name, and it's Lemon. Yeah, right? You and it's something spelled there, exactly like the fruit. Yeah, and yeah. I've never joked about it. In the 15 years I've been doing stand-up comedy, I've never joked about it once. And yeah. I just have never... It's weird. I, 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 Maybe it's because it's never felt... Aside from when I was six years old and kids teased me mercilessly, uh, <laughs> I don't... It's never been a thing I've ever thought about. Yeah. But I can appreciate that yours probably hounded you for much longer. <laughs> you know what? You're... People... People didn't start really making fun of my last name until I became a comic. <laughs> really? That's so <laughs> yeah, funny. It's I mean, like, comedians then will, I started getting ripped on. I mean, comedians yeah, will go like, after you for anything. <laughs> exactly. Like it's they're the comedians are sincerely the 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 wor- the biggest group of fucking assholes. Like yeah. they're they're all insecure and they're trying to take <laughs> out their insecurities on others. Hundred percent. And yeah. what's weird is that at the same time, a lot of them are some of the sweetest people. Yeah. Like yeah. and they will literally give you the shoot shirt off their back. But they will make fun of you the entire time <laughs> they're giving you their shirt. They're 100%. like, what are you fucking didn't take a shirt out tonight? <laughs> God, what did you what did you grow up in Florida? Yeah, like you don't it, even know anything about the cold? It's uh it's great because their intent is always good, but they'll rip you to shreds, you know, with their <laughs> mouth. You know, it's like and you know, growing up there's some people their intent was the bad part where it wasn't like, you know, oh gay, I don't like gay people, you know, so they'd get after that. But Ugh, for, gross. I know, I know, right? So that's intent where it's like, ooh shit. But yeah. I'd rather get ripped on when they're just trying to make a joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's people who I think have a very thin skin who when they hang out with comedians and get any kind of get ripped on at all, they just freak out. Yeah. And they yeah. filter themselves out very quickly. And then there's this kind of other person who recognizes that they're like, oh, these are people who are trying. They're either trying to initiate me into this group or the reason they're saying these things is because they already see me as a member of this group with them. Yeah, that's great. I mean, isn't it funny? That's comedians were it's such a weird profession because that's how you get initiated in a group yeah it's like you get ripped on and like to shreds <laughs> all right you're one of us now like, you know, it's like cool all right you can, you can take it douchebag yeah it's <laughs> like this weird club that it's like, oh my god that's too funny uh yeah. well so so here's the other thing i wanted to talk to you about then and by the way i didn't i didn't really intend on going down any of this oh, particular yeah, no worries, but i i'm really enjoying actually talking about it because this is not stuff that you and i have ever talked about before yeah but so one of the things I'm curious about is, especially coming from the world of sales, is that you had to then get on stage, bomb, experience the discomfort of all of that. Yeah. And then not only did you choose to continue to do it, you chose to uproot your life from where you were and move to a place where it was even more so going on, which is Chicago. Like you, you want you decided to go deeper into that world that yeah. you already were not, by the way, succeeding at yet. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that insane? <laughs> why the hell would I ever do that? Yeah. Why you know, did you why do why it? Do I mean, what was. And yeah, you're right. And I think and I, I'm still working with this now, but I think the reason why is uh, I, I felt very honest with myself what I wanted to do, what I was writing. I was trying to go for this goal. And when I would get the laugh, that would obviously feel good. But I always I always had that feeling where it's like, OK, comedians, they're truthful. They're honest. They're yeah. saying what. Everyone else is thinking that's such a noble thing. I want to be a part of that. So even though I no one fucking no one fucking laughed at my jokes. First three months, they're so shitty. No one wanted to be there. It was bad. I knew I was on the right path. 
I knew that was what you're supposed to do. And to get better and get better, you have to face rejection. Yeah. You know, in order to figure it out. And I'm a huge, huge believer. And I was this even before comedy. Struggle makes you better. Mm. Struggle makes you better. And I knew it. I was like, okay, all these times I've been bombing and I've been trying to figure it out. That's what's going to help me get a laugh. So this is interesting because Ray Dalio, uh, who wrote the book Principles, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I've heard of it before, yeah. So yeah. I have his book. I have a signed copy of his book, actually, wow. just in my living room. Um, I flew out to New York to go meet him. Uh, he was doing an interview on a friend's podcast and uh, flew out to New York to go meet the guy. And he has that's exactly his advice. Is he says, struggle well. That's the secret yeah, to getting everything well. you want in life is struggling well. And... His book is, I would recommend it to everyone listening. It's super good. He talks about um, not arguing with reality and taking lessons as they come and uh, getting over your own ego and all of these things. And I think that it's very interesting because comedy is an almost microcosm of comedy and, and mixed martial arts or like martial arts in general are really bizarrely similar. Because yeah, I've heard get of a, that actually. From yeah, because that's the thing is I used to do a lot of MMA as well. I fought in the cage in Detroit for a while, and it was weird because the lessons were very similar. I I did comedy before I did MMA, and I remember thinking the same thing. It was like you 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 just every time you get punched or you get hit or you get an injury from an opponent, that's you learning that you shouldn't do that again. Yeah. And you have to tighten up, and that comes from practice, and it comes from hitting the mat. And also, there are other lessons that come along, too. Like, there are nights when um, I – it's probably better to not go out. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to say this, but, like, if somebody's, somebody listening is, like, it's – it's uh, it's uh, you know, if you're not a comedian, and a lot of my audience I know isn't um, – you comedians go out and grind mics a lot and they grind we go from one to the other and what's very interesting is that sometimes you go you intend to do three but you do one and then it's like you just get it hurts and you're like you know what it's probably better if i just go home and it's okay i'm gonna get back on the horse tomorrow i'm not giving up but like sometimes you get hit hard and you just decide to take it take it you know leave the mat and that's okay that's like not letting your ego. I know I'm off on a tangent, but I'm yeah, just thinking no, no, that that makes sense. The two are very interesting because they the two worlds sort of correspond to each other a lot in exactly the way that you described. But but how did you know? Because this is what I want to know. How did you know that that was the right choice to make? Because you were letting go of a lot of security yeah. in order to pursue doing something. And not only did you do that once when you moved to Chicago, but you did that again when you decided to uh, three times actually because you you decided to leave Chicago and go on the 52 week tour. And then you decided to leave your day job, yeah. uh, which is happening in only a few days. Yeah, the twelfth. Yeah, to yeah. go out and uh, and do comedy, basically. Uh, well, and dog yeah. walk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> See so, how much I do that. <laughs> so you have a very strong internal compass that's telling you what is the next right move to make, and you have you must have to have a lot of self trust. Like, how did you develop that, or how do you know what that feels like when you're trying to face a question that you don't have an immediate answer to? Yeah, that's a really good question, um, Brennan. And I'll say the first thing that's been popping up in my head when I'm making these decisions is, um, this is going to sound weird, but it'll tie it together. Um, like, we are all going to die. <laughs> We're all going to die. So, you know, at some point <laughs> in our life, we are all going to die. Like, you won't be here. I yeah. won't be here. Yeah. Everyone has died before. You know, we spent most of our lives actually dead than yeah. actually living. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have any regrets. 
so when I make these big decisions of like losing my not having a bed for a year or not literally cutting my income um, by 67% just gone, um, I'm doing it for a really great goal. My great goal is to do stand-up comedy across the world at the biggest venues and be a very good comedian. And I know that's fulfilling because when I'm on stage and I get to do it for 10 minutes and everyone feels great afterwards, that's, that's beneficial for everyone. You know, everyone's having a good time. That's for me. And I feel like that's honestly making the world a better place, whether it's very small or to me, it's very big. It's making it better. And I want to do that for more people. So you have to make these sacrifices, right? You have to <laughs> quit your job. Eventually you have to go out and bomb for 40 minutes. You have to go out and like try new material. And, uh, I trust myself in that because I've already left my job. You know, I've already done that where I've taken a pay cut. I've already, you know, gone the tour for 365 days and not, you know, had a bed, not seen my family, not seen my friends. And I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> Every, you know, I'm still alive. So, like, I, I've done it before. In a way, I, that's, I trust myself. Yeah. Like, I, I know I'm not going to have a job where I'm making, you know, 3500 at least a month. It's done. So, you know? you're... It's like, I trust myself because I've done it before and I'm still living. And like I want to make these big goals and big commitments and reach for it because I'm going to die someday. It's yeah, like, I want to do it. Like so it, you're, you know, so somebody listening to this, I think maybe the takeaway that I'm hearing as you're speaking is that you, one, you created a vision. You had a, you have a goal. You have a vision for yeah. what or context that you're pursuing, which is you're like, I want to do stand-up comedy at the highest levels. I know what that feels like because I've done it yeah. a little bit. And when it goes well, it makes me feel so good. It makes the audience feel so good that it's worth continuing to pursue and do it on an even bigger level. Yeah. And not only that, I have an idea of where that looks like, like as you're speaking, I'm getting images in my mind of like Brendan Gay opens at the Johannesburg, South Africa, yeah. you know, Palladium or whatever. And, um, you have those things I'm sure in your own mind, because if they're coming up in my mind, you have to have an even stronger vision. And the second thing I think is that there's a takeaway for somebody who's listening to this is that, you know, you have a lot of self-trust because you have a, you've overcome a lot of challenges. You have a lot of experience with yourself to know that you're like, you know, I don't exactly know what the next challenge is going to be, but I trust myself enough to know that I can handle it. Yeah. And let me, yeah, I, you're on point. And I, and I think uh, I want to rephrase that a little bit. I have done, I've overcome challenges, no doubt, but I have uh, failed a lot of challenges. Like I, I'm, I'm so not afraid of failing anymore. Well, you know, stand-up comedy is an exercise in many ways. It's an exercise in learning how to fail well. Yeah. That they say that the yeah, one of the really quotes is. I've been like, repeating to a lot of people lately, particularly Clay Hurlbut, is <laughs> a comedian is judged the quality of the comedian is judged on how well he bombs. And yeah. Clay Hurlbut bombed at a <laughs> Patsy's recently. And uh I mean it was bad in the sense that like he just none of his material was working. But he made fun of himself and made fun of his act and took it in such a way that he got laughs out of things not working. Yep. And after the, after, and he still felt terrible because it doesn't even matter if people are laughing at you making fun of yourself. It feels shitty when you're, yeah, making, yeah, you're yeah. only prepared all this material, but none of it is working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of it's working. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just imagine, I want to put you, the audience member, listener into this position. You're in front of a room full of people, some of whom, you know, <laughs> Many of whom yeah. you don't know. Uh, <laughs> and you're standing there and you have these carefully prepared jokes that you've practiced maybe. And maybe you have even worked elsewhere. You told a story at a party. You got laughs. You thought, hey, I could do this in front of an audience. 
and then you do it and none of it's working. <laughs> and literally the people are just staring at you. Yeah. And there's an expectation that you have and there's an expectation that they have and both are not getting met by you. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, what are you going to do when that happens? Yeah. So it's like that's kind of what And it's so yeah. weird because you that you know people ask me it's the same there's another parallel between MMA and comedy is they're like well, what happened? I try to talk people into doing uh, comedy all the time. I th- I say everybody should try it at least one time. I think that's great. I, I've told people that too. I, was I, like, I, I genuinely think everybody should do it once and you learn a lot about yourself. And what I think is interesting about it is that there are, you know, people will come back to me with questions like, well, what happens when I bomb? What happens if I bomb? And I go, oh, it's not a question of if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to bomb. <laughs> yeah, you're going to bomb. That's the same thing with MMA is, what happens if I get punched in the face? You're going to get punched in the face. Yeah. You need to accept this as a reality of of the environment you're entering. As soon as you accept it, in the same way that Ray Dalio says, you accept reality. The reality of MMA is you're going to get your ass kicked at some point. The reality of comedy is that you're going to bomb at some point. What are you going to do to take it away from that? And I was just telling you this earlier today. Not that you were – you did not need advice, by the way, earlier today. But (laughs) I was like – I'm like an older brother. I have to send (laughs) everybody advice when they text me anything. (laughs) No, I know. Um, (laughs) Brendan, I went on tour last night. He was in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Comedy takes you to all the garden spots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh <laughs> I mean I was in Fightfield, Wisconsin recently. Oh my god. It was Fightfield, Wisconsin. Fightfield, Wisconsin. <laughs> I told this I'm not sure if I told the story on the podcast already, but I went <laughs> in front of a room full of fifty and sixty year olds and there was one person under the age of forty in the entire besides myself in front of the whole room. And I said to her, she was the bartender, oh. I was like, What do people in Fightfield, Wisconsin do for fun? And she looked me straight in the eyes and said smoke meth (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay that's great oh my god that's great but uh yeah where was i no i said to you you were i said how did it go and you were like yeah it wasn't the best and i was like but you said at least i got i got some you know i know my new materials like working and yeah i can see it and honestly i would almost rather have that because if you bomb if you bomb terribly you're not sure what you did wrong because you can walk off and you're like this is very overwhelming confusing nothing worked i don't know what to do but then if you k- kill and everything works, it's the same. That a lot of times I'll do the annoyance theater sometimes for the showcase. Yeah. And it goes so well that you're like, I don't think I actually got any experience tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what you're saying. It's yeah. Like, that, just for, that was just for me to feel good. Yeah. That's you like know? you walking into a party and the first girl who you speak with is like, we need to fuck right now. <laughs> and you're like, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, wait a second. My game's not tight right now. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Let me just try a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't even actually. I don't even know what I'm. This is not repeatable. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I guess you can see when uh, stuff works well, you know, you like okay, if you really want to like you know push yourself, you can be like okay, why did that go well? You yeah. Know, you can ask yourself, did I was I more confident? Did I feel good? Like, did I say something that was weird? Did it, the the format I did? Did my set was good? And like the more you do that stuff, yeah, you know, it's like the more you actually take like 10 minutes just to think about your set and yeah. what happened and to record. It's amazing what you can pick up on. Yeah. You know, like the house of, uh, that open mic, the house of jokes where by the time I went up, uh, they heard 20 something comics. Yeah. You know, it's like, whatever, this is whatever. I started off with a story. I started off with a story. No one has the attention span to hear a story. Yeah. No, at that point. And like, I 20 knew that comedians in. Yeah. yeah I knew that, I knew that while I was on stage, so I literally I stopped the story at a point where I got a laugh, 
and then just go into new shit and we're yeah. punch, punch. Be spoke louder because yeah. I've been in those rooms so many times on the road. Yeah. Speak louder. Start moving. Start pointing. You got to get their attention. Yeah, first. because people are they're asleep. Yeah. The same yeah, thing. Yeah. It's amazing how much that happens outside of a city because when I did a show, I have a, a year, years ago now, like three or four years ago, now that I'm thinking about it, um, three years ago, I think, I did a show at uh, the, it was in Grand Rapids and it's Sunday Night Funnies. Okay. And same thing. Five, I was like the sixth comic and five comics in front of me were all, you know, these in the city and, and in a lot of open mics sometimes there's comics who have a very kind of deliberate, slow like yeah what's up okay mm-hmm. yeah i was hanging out with my friends the other day and you know my friend he asked me this question but it's like you know how somebody asks you a question <laughs> but it's like and you're like jesus christ i'm asleep yeah. but like sometimes that works because it sounds so deliberate that when they get to the punchline it hits really hard yeah but when an audience is excited that energy brings them down and after three or four comics of that that happening in a row it's like you got to be different. Got to be different. And so yeah, I yeah. same exact thing. I went up and I was loud and I just immediately started engaging people in the crowd and I fucking murdered. Yeah, yeah. Like I got such a great clip out of it. Hell yeah, man. I mean, that's the thing in it. The only reason why I picked up on that at the mic is because I failed at that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I couldn't figure it out. And it was this moment like, okay, what do I need to do? And then like one time when you just go off the cuff, you know, when you're just like you say something. And like how you said it, like you point to someone in the audience and you're louder, you know, it's like, uh, okay, that worked. Maybe I'll do that next time. And then you don't do it five more times and you do it next time. You're like, okay, that's definitely it. Yeah. You know, so it's like that fact that you're just doing stand up every night, you're picking on stuff um, unconsciously that you may not even know. Yeah. You're, you're getting, you're starting to get a hold of things that you, you didn't know before. And that like, it's weird because that comes with practice and that practice only comes with and that practice comes m- molded to failure yeah and yeah. it's strange because there there are so many people who are so afraid of failure yeah right and they just their entire lives are just avoiding any trace of it uh because it's going to hurt their ego or it's going to Whatever it does, it, it's it's they're trying to protect them. E- I think it's ego protection god, of like so, oh my god, yeah, they're afraid of failure. That's because uh, a lot of people haven't really failed before. Well, and I think it's it's molded into us from from school because you know you're if you fail the t- test, you're done. You're you're just an idiot. You're the only thing you're taught from day one is that you have to ace everything. Yeah, and it would be much more interesting to have students assigned a, a you know here's something, figure it out. You can fail at it until you succeed at it, and by the end of the semester. We're still gonna pass you if you fail, but you have to uh, you have to write a paper about everything you tried and why you think it didn't work and where you think the solution is gonna be or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I think it's yeah, definitely it happens at school. You know, that's like a huge fact. We're there as kids. We're trying to learn, and it's one of those things. It's you're not supposed to fail. No one wants to fail. It is a scary thing, you know. Um, but yeah, I wish we can change that. I mean, even if we didn't. I feel like some people would still go on the same path where they're still afraid. I, I think so. I think that, you know, they like Thoreau said, many men live lives of quiet desperation. That's why. Yeah. Like that. And I think it's cool because the other takeaway for me in this, um, before we even get on to stories from the road and stuff, yeah. is that, you know, you, uh, you pose this against this sort of concept of infinity that I think like people... People for I had a big change in my life happen. I haven't talked about this on the podcast before. Talk Sim- about it. I was gonna say similarly when my cousin Rob died. Okay. And uh, he was uh, it was a tragic accident. I was in Paris in 2013. I was doing stand up comedy for six months. 
I'm actually about to go no, back in two weeks. So cool. I'm going back to Paris in two weeks and doing the same show that I started <laughs> five years ago. Comedy's great, man. I, like, right? I can't fucking nuts? wait. I'm yeah. so excited. I'm gonna go back and it, it's so cool. I just I I'm. They were like, yeah, we have uh, some room on the British, Great British and American Comedy Night. And I'm like, I fucking started that show. <laughs> I send an email to the guy who runs it now. I'm like, you don't know this, but I started the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I'm going back and doing that. And uh, I'm very excited about it. But I was in Paris and I was doing that. For, I was there for six months doing stand-up comedy in English and a little bit in French and uh, kind of around different places in Europe as well. And I um, I came back and I was back for four days and uh, in the United States. It was Labor Day 2013 and my cousin and his girlfriend got hit uh, on a tandem bicycle Jeez, okay. in Clearwater, Florida on the Memorial Highway uh by a drunk driver at six in the morning and both killed and uh it just it took me a year to get over that yeah and uh it was very weird because i i knew i had plans when i came back from paris that i was like i'm moving to chicago i'm doing stand-up comedy but that threw such a weird monkey wrench in it and uh for all kinds of the reasons that you you know uh, anyone would believe that it would and and it took me a year to get over it, and uh, it took me another probably eight months to get over other shit. As strange as that sounds, it was like eight, almost 20 months of like just no progress in my life. Yeah. And I came out of it and was so fired up when I came out the other side of it. That's what caused me to move here. And all the goals that I had in the last two years where I was like film a comedy special that I wrote, perform myself, put it out yeah. online, get a website, go do Edinburgh, headline my own show – all of that shit, pay off all my Holy debt. Holy crap. Dude, I, and, and I want to tell you this, and I don't tell you this enough, but you've accomplished a lot, a lot since I've met you. Well, I appreciate you know, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's all because of you, and that keeps, I mean, you know, like our group of friends, that keeps us going. There, well, I would not be working as hard as I can if, you know, our friends weren't doing shit, and we weren't, like, making a constant effort yeah. to do stuff, and we've only been doing it for, yeah. what, in the scene for a couple, years. Years. Yeah, couple like years. Yeah, a couple years. Yeah, we decided on something and actually do it. It's I mean, so I was good. only here in the city for like eight months before you showed up. Yeah, and like uh, it's so strange to think about because you know Bill Batiste started doing comedy about exactly when I did in Chicago, and I'd been yeah. doing stand up a long time, and I'd done yeah, yeah. improv before that, but like uh, you know I hadn't been hitting it as hard, like as as uh, you know as I had since I was in the city. And it's amazing to watch like guys like Bill who are very motivated. You're, you're very motivating yeah. to me, and Bill's very motivating to me. And the podcast listeners know who Bill Batista is. I talk. I was on his yeah. podcast. He was on mine, and we, we've talked about him before. But you know, he lives in New York and is now working on TV shows with people, and yeah. has been on the Race Wars podcast a bunch of times. And like, he's a guy who is uber motivated. And it's weird because there's a strange, almost like veil of disbelief like patina of disbelief that you have to crack through. And as soon as you start doing it, you're like, holy shit, on the other side of this, yeah. like, anything is possible. Anything is possible, yeah, yeah. And this is exactly, just to get back to like sort of the main point here, this is exactly, I think, what your year on the road, wh- why it was so incredible to me, both that you decided to do it and then that you did it and then you came back from it. Because even watching yeah. in the last few days, you be back, you know, other comedians don't even know how to react to you. Yeah, because like you're you have had this huge year long experience that uh, they can't even fully comprehend. Is it? Yeah. And isn't it nuts that I'm I'm still just a normal dude? 
You know, yeah. I'm not a superhero. I didn't yeah. do anything that's yeah. like... Yeah, you're actually, still not funny. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still not funny. <laughs> that's great. That's great. You know, I didn't do anything... Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say, like, I didn't... I don't have any talent or skill. It wasn't because I had this certain, uh, you know, ability or all this money or, like, resources. It was, it was a mindset. Yeah. You know, that's really what it was. It's how I thought about it. Well, this, it's the same... It's similar to... You know, you did. You went on the road for a year. I I did went and did um you know five weeks of comedy in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, yeah, <laughs> and it was insane. I got a year's worth of stage time in four weeks, and it it was wild because it was like I came back from that and was legit. Like I've been gone for four weeks. It feels like I've been gone a year. Yeah, and same kind of deal. Comedians are like, oh, how was it? And you're like, I can't even begin to. T- how how am I supposed to describe to you? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like I, it was insane. Like it was up and down, and I had great shows and terrible shows, and learned things and wrote new things that worked, and some failed, and like yeah. it was, it was a whole year's worth of this shit. Um, it's a process of like you're saying of doing stuff. You know, you're just doing stuff, and maybe like just to go back, what we we're saying like, like uh, I'm not afraid to just do things. I'm not afraid to do new things. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not afraid we're going to die once again. Like, I'm not afraid to go. Yeah, out what are you saving yourself for? Yeah, you know? What you, well, yeah, really. It's like, are you waiting for uh, that? Is there ever a moment? You have to create the moment. Yeah. Every single time. Well, you know, Bill Batit once said to me, and I repeated this to a couple people, uh, notably Dylan Scott, when he was in Edinburgh with us. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, Bill, and, and as soon as he said it, I went, that's so true. He he doesn't even realize how true that is. <laughs> yeah, I've had that a lot with Bill. Yeah. And you two are like, all right, yeah. yeah he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, man, you know, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. He's, he just said, uh, he said, a lot of people in Chicago are doing comedy like they're trying to make partner at a law firm. Yeah. And you're like, ugh, fuck. Like that's, <laughs> oh, Bill. We've all been guilty of that. Yeah, yeah, we, like, and yeah. We, we all have. And and to be perfectly honest, if I don't talk with him or pull my head out of it every once in a while, I start doing it too. Like I think, okay, I'm going to try to get this show, and then if I can get, you know, Tuxedo Cat, then maybe I can get uh, CYSK, yeah. and then if I can get, maybe I can get passed at the Laugh Factory. And it's like, where is this getting you? Like, yeah. what what are you? What is your goal? Is your goal to try to entertain people every evening? Like doing comedy because you can do that at open mics. Yeah, is yeah, your goal yeah. to make money doing comedy? Like because you're not going to do it that way either. Yeah. Like nobody's getting paid for CYSK Tuxedo Cat or even getting past the Laugh Factory. Nobody's doing that for a living. Like, yeah. is your goal to what is your goal? Because is your goal to get on stage? Oh, I want more time on stage. Then go rent a fucking theater like I did, and yeah. go do 30, 40, 50 minutes of stand up comedy. You can do that yourself. Yeah, you know? you're right, and it's so individualistic. Like you're saying, whatever you want, and I feel like a lot of people just don't know what they want. And I'm saying the bad thing, that yeah. everyone's searching, but I guarantee you if someone, like 90% of the comments, if they just gave them, you know, here, I will give you $70,000 a year. Just give you $70,000 a year, and you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Most of them will quit. <laughs> yeah. Most of them would not do comedy. Most of them will quit, and they won't make that much money. Yeah. <laughs> what? Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I gar- I mean, if someone gave me $70,000, you know, and this is with a lot of people, I know you would do the same thing. I would put it towards production. Yeah. I would put it towards the podcast. You know, I'd put it for- towards traveling. I would put it yeah. towards like maybe, you know, like a fitness gym where I'm healthier or maybe like, you know, where I can, tra- you know, travel more for comedy. I, I would I put might, it towards yeah. comedy. Maybe a writing class where yeah. it's like a, or, you know, film class. It's like, what do I do? What can I do with this money that nobody else is doing? That excites me and inspires me. Yeah. And that there's a marketer outlet for. Those are the ways that I'd start thinking about it. How can I use yeah. this money to pull in other people I want to work with and 
what can I do to try to produce a really interesting product that people will be interested in consuming? Yeah. Like those are the, all the questions that I would, I would have like, yeah, I, I want to get back to the fear thing because, uh, yeah, go ahead. The fear thing I was going to say, and one thing I'm still working on today is I'm not, not necessarily afraid what other people think of me. I'm not, I know when I started comedy, there was times where I was afraid to go into an open mic because of the people who were there. Doesn't that sound nuts? <laughs> like people Doesn't like, that sound know, like nuts? Max Friedman's here tonight. I don't yeah, know yeah, if you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, Max Friedman. Oh shit! Like you know, Terrence Hartnett <laughs> is here or something. You know, like you're yeah. afraid oh, of those, those guys. I hope they're listening. Their dicks are gonna be so hard just by hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> well, yeah, you're afraid of uh, you're afraid of your friends, the people who you know you like, you hang out with, who are doing the same thing of, as you. And I get it. I get why people are afraid. But like, man, when I was on the road, and no one can hear my stuff. And I can just do what I want to do. Yeah, you're like, I, wasn't I don't get involved shit. in the scene at yeah. all. You know, there's no hierarchy. No, there's no like politics. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like the mindset thing. It's working on that where it's like, oh, I want to only work on my jokes and my bits and get better. Yeah. You know, while I'm doing those mics, yeah. while I'm writing, it's like I'm not. I don't. It, you know how much time that takes away and energy that takes away if I'm thinking about someone else thinking about me. Yeah, and they're (laughs) not thinking about you. That's the other thing that's nuts. Like, those guys are thinking about, they don't see themselves as more successful versions of the thing you're trying to do. Yeah. They just see themselves as less successful versions of the dudes who are above them. Exactly. So So it's it's like they fear. It's fear. I used to be afraid of that. And it's like, take that away. You can accomplish so much more. Yeah, and it, it's all this is all practice. One of the best, um, Luke Crow, who's a uh, a pickup uh, and like dating coach guy I worked with for a mm-hmm. while. Um, I worked with Adam Lyons. Actually, worked for his company too. Interestingly, yeah, I, I did sales for his that, company. Yeah. Um, he's a great, great dude. I I need to get him on the podcast because um, I need his advice on like <laughs> a bunch of shit. Yeah. It'll be like a great. I'll be like, yeah, Adam, I'm cultivating a cool audience. I want to talk to you about like Warhammer forty thousand. I'll just like bait him with things he's interested in. Yeah, Warhammer <laughs> and Dungeons and Dragons and live action role playing and Bickleine <laughs> and the Voyage North. And he'll be like, Nerd. he'll be like, fuck yeah. And then we'll get on. And I'll be like, okay, Adam, for real though, how does it? And I'll start asking him like all these serious relationship yeah. questions. The funny thing is that will actually happen. I know we're joking about it now. But oh, like, I'm totally gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally gonna do it. Um. He's a he's a cool dude. I would encourage you guys to go look him up if you're listening. Adam A D A M L Y O N S. Adam Lyons. He was voted number one pickup artist in the whole world before that term was sleazy. By yeah, the way, yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, that's and like, he uh, he's a totally cool dude. He's like uh, he he doesn't really coach relationship stuff much anymore. He's more into business development and like psychology hacking and all kinds of. He teaches people how to connect with. Um, you know, really high value people and filter them into their lives and this kind of stuff. But Dang, that's awesome. Luke Crow, who well, worked with him for a while and is also still a dating coach guy, um, he told me uh, every every this was in 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 um, respect to going out to bars and talking to women. He was like, every girl you speak with in a bar is just a practice for another girl two months from now. And there was yeah. something in my head that switched over when I heard that. And I think about that with open mics all the time because I was scared too. When I, you first get to Chicago, you're like, I don't know any of these people. Yeah. I don't know what this is going to be like. I'm getting up in front of them and I know I'm not going to do well. And just saying to yourself, this is all of this pain is just practice for two months from now when I'm doing better. Yeah. And like getting into the zone, it's the same thing with yeah, MMA. Yeah. The only way you get better at fighting and rolling is by fighting and rolling guys who are better than you. Yeah. New York. New York. <laughs> New York. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's like, you know, that's why. <laughs> You got to be around the best. You know, you're saying that you're practicing for that opportunity that you're going to get in New York or, you know, like a TV show or, you know, if someone offers you a different opportunity, 
to all those things that's painful and the suffering that you take, but you're learning from it. It's for two months from now. It's for that. Yeah. You know, so two yeah, months, that's a three great months. mindset. I'm all about mindset. Yeah. It's like, you got to just change the way how you think. You know, Jordan Harbinger on uh, the, the uh, art of charm podcast recently did a toolbox episode called it's quantity over quality. Okay. And I yeah. would, I would encourage everybody to look at that too, because it, he basically was like, look, it's not about doing the thing. It's about doing things. It's not about writing a joke. It's about writing jokes. jokes. It's not about doing a show. It's about doing shows. And like the more and more you do this, the more and more you're going to produce, the better the stuff is going to get. So your quality is going to get better. Yeah, your quality is going to get better. And there's a there is a at some point there is a law of diminishing returns that kicks in. Like Bill and I have talked about this, where he, you know, I did 109 days straight and open mics. And at a certain point, I remember thinking, yeah, I did an open mic every day for 109 days. Many days I did multiple open mics. Yeah. And at a certain point, I was like, this is not really productive anymore. Like the lessons that I can get out of four minutes on stage, I. I'm kind of hitting the limit of those and Bill did it for a year every day for a year. He did an open mic and uh, 367 days and uh, same kind of thing. He was like, he was like by month four, he knew he wasn't going to learn any more like new lessons from doing an open mic a day. Like, yeah, because you you can't, you, you, there's just, it's, it's too limited, you know, but now like, but now I'm sorry for interrupting. But now you know that because you did it. Yeah. Now you did. You actually did. Instead of always being like, I don't know, like you're only going to like three a week all the time. Be like, uh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I don't. Now you're just like, okay, I did it. Now I know that it doesn't work. Let's go on to the next thing to make me better. Yeah. And and you so never you know. Yeah. The other thing that I want to talk about too is you never know how those things are gonna end up. How they're gonna end up playing out moving forward. Like you never know that. So for example, I I filmed. Pardon me. I filmed Unbookable. Yeah. I talked about this on the podcast recently. I filmed Unbookable, which is my comedy special that I put on YouTube. Yeah. Anybody listening to this, if you, you message me on um, Cora or on uh, SoundCloud, uh, and I'll send you a copy. It's like super, not a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, I did this comedy special, and it's because I had it, and I told myself I was going to do it. I was like, I've never, I've, I had done thirty minutes to forty minutes of stand up on stage before, but I had never filmed it, and I never had it into a finished product. So I was like, I want to do that. I want to put it all out. I'm going to do a film the whole thing, three camera shoot. We talked about this before because I was on your podcast before I did it. Yeah, yeah. So I filmed that, and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was like, I just have it. I'm not sure what to do with it. I just knew it was important to do. The next thing I do is I'm like, well, now I'm going to have a website, and i got to put stuff up on the website. And then the next thing I decided, and this was in February of last year, it was about a year ago, I was like, I'm going to do Edinburgh. So I start reaching out to places in Edinburgh, and they're like, well, do you have an example of your show? So I said, sure, and I shot Unbookable over to them, and they went, okay, perfect, and then like brought me on to the- Right? The, <laughs> yeah, the Laugh Factory of the UK, Just the Tonic, was like, yeah, we'll put you on. So and then I had a show at Edinburgh. So I did that. Now I get back. I uh, connect with these guys in New York, stand-up New York, and I pitch to them that I'm like, you guys should do Edinburgh, and they're like, oh, shit, we should. How would we do that? So I start talking to them about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a guy who produced not only my own show, but I produced the Chicago Showcase with 15 comics Dude. in Edinburgh. And they're like, okay, cool. Like, we'll bring you on. Dude, and give me that. I Dude, know. And I'm already yeah, – and the whole Dude. point, the guy who was talking to me, um, super good guy, and he was like, what's the – why do you want to do this? Do you want to do the show? And I'm like, well, I'd love to do the show, but – Honestly, I just want to try to create a relationship with you guys, and I thought this was a great way to add value and make it happen. And yeah. so now to these guys, they're like, oh, Brennan's not just any comic. He, he fucking, he's the Edinburgh comic. Like yeah. he's the guy who's getting us set up in Edinburgh 
Scotland for the Fringe Festival. And it's weird because it's like, if you, and I don't know where that's going to lead. Yeah, yeah. But like, if you had said to me, you know, a year and a half ago, before I even did Unbookable, hey, uh, you know, this is ultimately a year and a half from now going to lead to you having a relationship with Stand Up New York. I would have been like, how the fuck is that going to happen? Yeah. And it's not a straight line. You <laughs> yeah, know? right? It's not like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah, you were like amazing. putting the 70K out into something. Like, it's it's weird because that 70, if somebody was like, here's 70K, a lot of people would quit doing comedy. You and I would put it to a project. And the thing is, there was a guy named Dove Simmons, and I took his, uh, he was a film producer and director, and he has a, a what he calls two-day film academy, in which okay. he breaks down parts of the business very quickly that nobody else talks about. How do you get to go to a film market? How do you get a distributor? What okay. what yeah. does a relationship with a cinematographer look like? What does like how do all these things that no one ever talks about? And one of the things that he said that it really stuck with me over time was he was like, uh, somebody asked him a question and he said, okay, so how do I get a budget to make a movie? And he goes, how much money do you have in your bank account? And that's what he said back and the whole room laughed. And he goes, I'm not kidding. How much do you have? And the guy was <laughs> like, uh, he's like, I'm a college student. I only have like 300 bucks. And he's like, okay, take out all of it. Go get whatever equipment you write a script, get whatever equipment you need for 300 bucks, the cheapest equipment you can get film the thing you're trying to film. That's how you make a, and he goes, and that's how you make a $3 million movie because first you make the $300 movie. Then you use that to get people to invest in your $3,000 movie. Then you use that to get people to invest in your 30 K 300 K and finally $3 million movie. Yeah. You show people you can get it done first by getting it done. There was something about that that really stuck with me where it's like yeah. use that 70K. The next thing you're going to do, I told this to Matt Baker recently when he was on the podcast. You made the movie for, he made that movie for five grand that it's an hour long feature film that he made. Jeez. It's a great movie. Uh, wow. I would, uh, yeah, go check it out. It's called Ghosted. What is it called? It's called Ghosted. And, uh, you don't have well, to write yeah, it down. Yeah, I'll, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll yeah, tag yeah. you. Well, I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah just yeah. go check out the podcast I did with him. And he can, the there's a link uh, on the show notes to that podcast that'll take you to a um, a free copy of it. And it's the same thing I told him. I'm like, this is a good movie. It's not great, but it's pretty good. And you made it for five grand, dude. You're the next movie you're gonna make is f- gonna be like five hundred k. And like I could see it happening. He's doing yeah. He's kind of doing what he the finished the project. Yeah, he finished the project. The number of people in 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 the world, but also in this, in even in this comedy scene, the number of people who don't finish projects, it's, it's astounding. Like go finish the fucking thing. You don't, you never know where it's going to lead. I just read something about that too. Yeah, you're right. Finish it, finish it. And I don't want to put you on a spot, but if you want to share, what are some things right now you're working on that you want to finish? Oh, that's a great question. Number one on that is, uh, Brendan and Brendan being Brendan's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, though, we'll talk about that after. Yeah, too, we'll talk like, about that in a minute. That's one thing where it's like, yeah, we started right now. We're working on like two things right now. OK, we're yep. working on two things together and we made the idea. We had the idea. OK, great. This is good. We wrote down some documents. Here's what we need. Here's what we need to do. And now I think the next step is like, OK, now we need to do those things. Yep. We've done a couple of those things, but now we need to keep doing those things. Just imagine if nothing else, something will happen from it, obviously. Yeah. But if nothing happens from it, we finished it. We yeah. did it. It's like, okay, we got to do it again. And yeah. Now we can do it better, more efficiently. Now yeah. we know what to do, and we've learned some stuff from it. Yeah. This, uh, what These two things we're doing, um, 
it's going to happen in a way. Something's going to happen from it. We just don't, like you're saying, we don't know the path. Yeah, don't we know just, what it's going to look like yet. We just need to finish it. So, like, you know, we a lot of this, we'll talk about what we're talking about in a moment. Uh, we'll flesh it out for you guys listening, because I know that sounds probably, they're like, what are they talking about? Yeah. But, like, the, you know, this comes from James Altucher, who's a, a friend and uh, yeah. acquaintance friend and really good friend of Bill Petit, by the way. And uh, he's doing stand-up comedy now, and he's pulled the trigger on doing his own co- his own TV show. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to spend my own money for the pilot. I don't yeah. care. And he's going to make it happen. Same kind of deal, choosing yourself. And so just to draw it back, though, like I, one of the projects that I want to work on, because it bleeds into Brendan and Brendan being Brendan's, uh, is I want to take – I filmed a lot of footage when I was on tour last summer around the Midwest and then also in Edinburgh – and I want to put that together in some kind of documentary. Yeah. And I've been putting this off, but I need to sit down and actually write down the story of that whole summer and what it was like to be in Edinburgh. And I'm going to hand this off to Jake Goldberg, who's a friend uh, and editor who I've worked with. Uh, he also did Good Night Chicago with John Norman and Matt Kennedy. Oh, um, yeah. I really like that video, too. It was great. Yeah. And uh, he's very talented. And uh, Or maybe David Wolf, also, who I worked David with Wolf. on. Yep. Yeah, Unbookable. Stuff, yeah. yeah, he's super good. And, um, you know, the thing is, is, like, you learn how to you learn how to work with these people. That's a big lesson I'm taking right now is, like, you know, people who, when you work, when you have a something that you want to do and you're really working toward it, um, people either understand how to add value or they don't. And the people who don't weed themselves out really quickly. Uh, it's kind of amazing. This is something, by the way, I wanted to mention is that everybody listening, Brendan Gay is uh, one of the best people I've ever met at adding value. Wow. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You'll be the first to say that. Yeah. Okay. Well, like it was so funny because you <laughs> stayed with uh, my parents in yep. Metro Detroit. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> for, fun. For a week. <laughs> Here's the best part of this story. They came out to visit Gloria and I, and we went out to breakfast And yeah. on a Saturday morning. And I said, hey, by the way, can my friend Brendan stay <laughs> at your place for a week? And they were like, uh, sure, when? Yeah. And I was like, uh, Sunday? <laughs> when do you go back tomorrow? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. And they, my parents are such cool people. They're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. And we, the thing is, like, I think they had a great time, too. But, like, I know me. I had a great time. I needed that week. Yeah, with them and just to have like they food fucking with love them. you. You're, yeah. you're you're like the kid they wish they had. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. They're like, we got this kid. He's so <laughs> ambitious. He's like, <laughs> it was like, yeah. And that was one thing. It's like, our, both of our intent was good. We're good friends, and it's like, your parents were there, and so I needed that week. They were great with just like helping me out and just having a conversation with me and we both had like a good time and i think yeah that's one thing it's like adding value to our relationship well because it was you know? i had no problem referring you because yeah. you know i knew that i just know you well enough to know that i was like brendan's gonna be friendly he's gonna be clean he's gonna respect yeah. their space he's gonna like he he's basically gonna be a great guest and he's gonna be he's gonna add value to their lives by being this very interesting story then they're going to hang out with him and have a good time. And then they're going to go tell their friends about it. And their friends yeah. are going to be like, oh, that's so cool that you did that for yeah, someone. And yeah, it's like, yeah, you're so right. It just builds positive momentum. Well, and exactly. And like being, yeah. but being, figuring out how to be valuable to other people is just so, it's 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 paramount. It's it's really important because it's like, I, you know, you, 
you have a very good, and you've always been good at this, and figuring out how to be positive in front of others, how to how to add value in the moment, and then how to figure out like what can what can I do? You were just telling me this before. I have a H a Zoom H five is what I record this on. Surprise. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I record funny. all these podcasts on my Zoom H5, but Brendan had a Zoom H6 <laughs> or H7 or whatever, and gave it away to somebody he was staying with on the road because idiot. he was like, you need. <laughs> he was like, this guy needs it more than I do. Yeah, he's gonna put use into it. Like, I'm not gonna. Yeah, he was a film director, and he like was talking about. It. I was like, hey, I have an extra one in my car. He was letting me stay there every week, and I guarantee he's they put on really good projects and he's yeah. like, he wanted to make it his career. And I'm like, dude, this guy needs it more than yeah. I do. And he's going to use it. He's going to use it probably till it breaks. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I, yeah, that's, that's making better art. It's good for him. It's like, he helped me out. I want to help him out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, and that's exactly what it's about is it's, yeah. if it's not a zoom H you know, if it's not a zoom H seven or six or whatever, it's, uh, your uh, it's emotional support yeah or it's connecting him with other people who you know are in a similar space yeah or giving helpful. him a ride to the airport yeah or giving He's, him a ride know, to like... the airport or forwarding him information on filmmaking shit that you have or yeah. whatever whatever it is it's like you know if he if he had a question if you had a conversation where he was like yeah i'm, I'm entering this place where it's like i i have to pitch investors on my projects and I've, I've never done it before and I don't know how to do it. You probably would have been like, here's five sales books that I know of off the top of my head yeah. that I know could help you. Yeah. Like that kind of adding value is like a huge, it's a huge part of, I think all, all of the, you know, making any of these projects happen. You have great, you have great insight. So what I want to do after this podcast is let's take that insight and put it into action. Yeah. You know, seriously. <laughs> yeah. No, no. What's the project we're working on? I'm just saying this selfishly because I wanted to tell you this. So yeah. Let's do some work after this. So let's <laughs> yeah, talk. Yeah. So let's get to this final bit of uh, we didn't even talk through your entire year. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. We. C- I mean, me and you could talk for days. We'll, we'll do this again. Day. And maybe I'll do your podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then we can talk about your year or whatever. And we'll have my audience. I'll, I'll refer them over to you or something. But yeah, um, the uh, you'll get all three or four of them. And uh, <laughs> I make the, the running joke is that I have one listener from the Russian Federation that keeps listening. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's Vladimir V. Putin. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty funny. sure that it's him. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So let's talk about this project, because I have a few that I want to work on that I could run through. But yeah. the one that I really am excited about is we're we're working on a TV show. Yeah, uh, we want to we want to make a TV show. I specifically, and we're still refining the idea, but basically, the you want to g- describe it? Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. So, basically, what we're doing, we're trying to make a pitch where I did this thing where I went to fifty two different cities in fifty two weeks, and Brendan and I would want to go to a place fifty cities in fifty weeks, and kind of the dilemma is fifty like, cities in fifty sorry, days. Sorry, fifty cities in fifty days. Man, I screwed that up this time. <laughs> Usually, everyone does it. <laughs> And then uh, kind of the dilemma that we have is like, okay, are they going to keep working? How are they going to make this work? We're just regular guys who have jobs and yeah. we're really pursuing our career. And going to all these different cities and doing stand-up comedy and what the life is like for an artist to take that next step. Um, and like, it's it's amazing just the small things that we've done. Like yeah. I've made the map location in like the major cities where we can go to and just like yep. we're kind of planning that out. And then our task list that we made, it's like we haven't spent – that much time on it but the time that we did spend has been a little beneficial it's, you know we kind of the there's and the people we reach there's out a to, lot done already yeah and it's yeah. like we're we need it like we we're saying man we just need to finish this 
and then keep yeah. going. It's and like, the next spot that we're at, so we want to do this 50 cities in 50 days, and we want to film it. And what we're trying to figure out, because we're, we haven't done a TV show before, yeah. is what do we need uh, to, in order to not only get the best finished product, but also what do we need in terms of what, what should our ask be to whoever we're approaching to work with. And yeah, the yeah. most recent advice we got from a guy who directs and produces a lot of stand-up comedy specials, who's worked with Netflix a lot, um, as well as Comedy Central and a bunch of other places, he was like, you need a really good sizzle reel, and then I would have a, bu- a, a prepared budget. And I said, I think we should have more than one. We should have a, per- a here's our perfect, this is what we want, yeah. then here's a here's what we would do to get a great project, and here's a bare minimum, this is the bare minimum ask we could have. And obviously start with the dream budget. Yeah. Um, and then don't work, don't <laughs> inform them that <laughs> we have another, like, <laughs> yeah, no, we can get this project done for less. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But have all of this stuff ready, um, to ask for and then basically go from there and we wanted to pitch sort of different places out and have a sizzle reel that I think we have we're both gathering some new stuff for but then also we have some old video from that we could put together um, that's the next step so yeah. anyway the idea though is that we've broken this down we have a big hairy audacious goal which is get a TV show on FX Vice Netflix Hulu mm-hmm. wherever we're gonna get this yeah Comedy Travel Central, Channel, Travel Channel, like MTV2, I don't give a shit. Yeah, Travel Channel's great. Great. I'm sure they don't have any comedy programming on the Travel Channel, yeah. aside from House Hunters International. <laughs> um, and so so the idea, though, is we have this goal, and we've broken it down into different parts, and haven't worked on it a ton, but have yeah. worked on it a bit to the point where we have a pitch, and we know what our next steps are here. And now the next steps are real things to get done. They're, they're material that we need that we don't yeah, have, and yeah. we have to work through that. But I think it's amazing because, uh, one, I know we're going to get it done. Yeah. And, two, we're going to do this one way or another. Isn't it nuts? We've – it's accountability thing. I probably wouldn't have done this without you. Yeah. This would, would – you know, it's like I want to do this because, it's like, you reach out to me, email, hey, here's some tax you need to have on. Here's what I need to do. You yeah. Know, here's what you need to go first. You sent that email out. There's still – don't get me wrong. There's still a thousand things we need to do. But it's like it's the accountability that we have towards each other. It's like I don't want to let you down. That's yeah. a big that's a big that's like probably thirty percent of it. Yeah. You know, and then the rest is just like me just doing the stuff and Well, and I su- I super appreciate it because you yeah. if I'm like, Hey dude, do these, you do them and then I'm like, Well shit, if Brennan actually <laughs> yeah. does them, then I have yeah. to I need to hold up my end of the bar. And it can go the other way. I mean, you know, we can go the other way. There's been times where it's like two weeks where we haven't done, you know, anything and we're like, Oh shit, but then we get back on the horse. You yeah. Know, we keep going. But I mean yeah, we had a lot right. going on. There were holidays and you were still finishing up your you know your yeah. basically your tour uh but this is so great how we have this recorded because now we really can't yeah <laughs> you know it's my like, public's gonna know vladimir yeah. putin is going to be like where is show yeah where's show brendan <laughs> and brendan they talk about show yeah where is show <laughs> men will be murdered because he's <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, all we have left is stupid russian program <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god Okay. Well, hey, man, this is a good place to stop this. We've been at this for an hour. Um, yeah. I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk on my podcast, which is cool. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. we've done yours a couple of times. You're going to be doing mine soon. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, man, it's great to have you back. Gloria earlier was said the nicest thing I've ever heard her say to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> she said, oh my she, she was like, the city's better with you in it. Holy crap. I was like, yeah. That Jesus. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Are you forgetting which Brendan you're dating? <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. Oh, my God. Uh, she's great. <laughs> we'll have her. I need to have her on the podcast. Dude, you we, need to be on my podcast, you too. Yeah. Oh, How yeah, we should do that. That's what we should do. We have so much We have so much work to do. 
Yeah, we got a whole lot of stuff. But that's great. Yeah. That's very yeah, exciting because yeah. we've it's got exciting. all this stuff in the ether and we're going to be pulling it out of the ether and into the real world and then it's going to be a real thing. Yeah. And then um, we'll be like, ah, my God, now we have so much work to no, do. We've got <laughs> other work to do. Yeah. Uh, it's good work, though. It's it's all about yeah. struggling well. Struggling well. Um, well, thank you so much for being on. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, everybody take it easy. And I would say, meanwhile, the madness continues. <laughs>